Three Pagans and a Cat is supported by Anchor and Fox Consulting. Anchor and Fox is a management team that supports spiritual specialists, co-creating sustainable models of community and reciprocity, helping us manage our time, money, spiritual, and emotional resources. Follow them on Twitter at Anchor Fox and on Facebook and Instagram at Anchor and Fox Consulting. For booking, you can contact Anchor and Fox at www.anchorandfoxconsulting.com. Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. What is a weed? A plant whose virtues have yet to be discovered. Welcome to First Steps Herbalism, the 56th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century philosopher and poet Ralph Waldo Emerson. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Let's start with our, our housekeeping stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so yep. we have one new patron, um, and that is Blondie. Ooh, so thank you, Blondie. Blondie, Blondie. is a hunter. Yay! Well, Blondie, come join us in the recording yeah, channel yeah, on, yeah. Yep. on live recording days. And so, as you all know, Gwyn does readings on Sundays at Arts and Craft mm-hmm. before we record, and today she was very, very busy. Very, very busy. From the, I only worked there for four hours on Sundays, and I was busy from the time I got there to after the time I was supposed to leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. five readings in four hours. Yeah, is a yeah. Lot. it was a it was a busy day. But so it was she's a, good a little day. fried, which is unfortunate because this episode is going to rely heavily on Gwyn's expertise. <laughs> yeah, so you'll just have to be patient with me. So, uh, do we have any other housekeeping? I do have one other thing. Okay. So, for those of you on the Discord, and for those of you who listen all the time, and you may or may not have seen it, we have started a thing called The Intrigue. Yes! The Intrigue, by the way, is a name for a group of cats. Made sense, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's also just a tad bit it sounds intriguing. A little, it sounds a little sinister. I like <laughs> it. Interesting. Hmm. So The Intrigue for everybody, the posts we did about it are, are very esoteric. <laughs> um, so I thought I would give everybody like the actual lowdown about what The Intrigue is. The intrigue is basically our street team. You'll be asked to post some graphics and that kind of stuff around the interwebs mm-hmm. uh, to help promote it. But for that, you get all kinds of really cool things that Odin and I have. Uh, that we're going to formulate. Yeah, have a kind of brainstorm. So mm-hmm. there'll be specific stickers that are just for the intrigue. There'll be foam backgrounds mm-hmm. that are just for the intrigue. Um, you will get a PDF of any three-pack book that we put out. There'll be Intrigue-only t-shirts, and every Intrigue member that for the first three months posts all the graphics will get Intrigue business cards with your name on it. Yeah, so that will, you can let people know you're a yeah, member of the Intrigue. Yeah, you're part of the Intrigue. <laughs> part of the intrigue. Anyway, it's, a, it's, kinda, it's another way for us to interact with you guys and a way for you to help us sort of spread the podcast. Mm-hmm. Since the is there a secret handshake, Mermadeth asked. There is not yet, uh, not but we'll yet. have to figure we'll have to figure something out. And then Finn Odinson reminds us that uh he has just become a patron this week. That's, oh, that's right. right. Uh, forget this because Finn Odinson has been around forever forever, yeah. but has just now become a patron. Yep. So. so you've been around since the beginning. Yes. Yeah, pretty what much. You're an old hand. Yeah. In my in my brain, you just you've were already been. yeah, like <laughs> you've always been around. Oh, we will not be teaching at yes. Ann Arbor Pagan Pride. We will we will probably be at Ann Arbor Pagan Pride. We will be just at Ann Arbor out. Pagan Pride. Um, just just attending, out. but we are not going to be teaching. Yep. yep. So. Yep. So sorry if you that. were sorry if you were planning to attend any of those classes. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, there will be none of those there, classes. They will not. not by they will not be there. But you can of course. There are some really cool classes. There are some cool classes, and you can of course get all the content that we teach yeah. on the podcast. That's so. right. 
Uh, and Pagan Fires yes. is coming up September 26th through the 29th, just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. So if you're anywhere near that area, check out sabatentertainment.com, and that'll have all of the information about Pagan Fires, or you can find the link on our Facebook page and yeah. our Discord yeah. and kind of stuff. We're really looking forward um, to it, though. It's going to be a yeah, lot Yeah, it looks of like fun. it's going to be a good event. It's yeah, be and the fun thing good. about that for us is, I think, the fun thing for me anyway is, we're only teaching one class. Yes, yes exactly. Means, like we get to we can attend much more. Attend yeah, we can do a lot more. Yeah, so we can actually like you know <laughs> get out there and do stuff rather than. Car you know, always spin. submits too many classes, so I'm I'm glad that at Pagan Fires we're only doing one class. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much everybody's only doing one class. Yeah, yeah. So. It's one class. you get a, yeah. that's nice. You actually get a, like a wider range. Yeah, yeah. you do, yeah. and then that gives the presenters a chance to go around to attend and, things, to attend and get to yeah. know people and stuff. It's, it's going to make you sad though. I did submit five classes to convocation. Five? Yeah. <laughs> yes, but you're, there's no guarantee that any of them will be accepted. Right, yeah. So I'm not gonna worry. You're about a that. criminal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Alright, I think that's all of our housekeeping. Yep. So, so so here we are. Uh, we're doing First Steps Herbalism. First Steps is the series we're doing uh, where we try to explicate assumed knowledge in the pagan community. Do you want to exp- explain explicate? <laughs> explicate. Uh, That's a great word, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> explain in detail. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, if you're going to use a big yeah. word to say that we're teaching I don't, things to be yeah, easy. I, sometimes I don't. I had this problem in school a lot, too, uh, where I would do presentations, and then I'd ask for any questions at the end of the presentation, and, like, three hands would go up, and I'd be like, oh, good, I, I inspired some interest. And then all the questions would be, what was that word you used? <laughs> yep. So... Yeah, that's a known problem for me. Um, you come by it naturally. <laughs> too many dictionaries and thesauruses in my childhood. Yep. I was that child who read the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yes, as was I. Yeah. And the book of lists. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like I said, you came by it honestly yeah, it's, a, it's a family problem. It's a family um, problem. So we're, we're talking about herbalism today, um, magical and otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, because there are sort of layers to herbalism mm-hmm. uh, as a subject. And I think there's an extent to which a lot of witches are just assumed to know herbalism. everything that they need mm-hmm. to know about working with plants. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's an association between just witches and making things out of plants. I'm not really sure where that came from. Because, <laughs> um, like... I don't do shit with plants. I don't know anything about yeah. plants. Neither, Gwyn do, is, neither do I. Gwyn yeah. is driving this episode. Yeah. Car and I are here for color commentary. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so Gwyn, tell us some things about herbs. <laughs> okay. Well, first, I'm going to do the one and only warning that uh-huh. comes with this yes. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, because we are talking about herbalism, and herbalism does have a lot to do with uh, ingesting herbs you know, in various ways mm-hmm. or working with plants in various ways. Make sure that you are um, careful in all the things that you do. Do proper research. Do not ingest or take any kind of, of herbal supplement or tea or tincture or anything until... Without consulting your doctor. Exactly, without consulting your doctor and um, taking into consideration any kind of medications you might be on uh, and any possible interactions. Yeah, because uh, contrary to, I think, uh, I think this is a misconception Mm -hmm. uh, in sort of the the community Mm -hmm. at large, uh, herbal supplements do interact not mm-hmm. only with each other, but with like conventional medicine. Yes, yes. they do. Yeah. And so that's, you know, just because it's natural doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. Right. They, so it takes wisdom in everything you do and study. Yeah. And so that's it's not something you can just kind of jump into. You don't just jump into it. You do need to, uh, you know, to do your research. Yep. 
before you try anything and talk to your doctor. Yeah. So and the reason, that's your, the, yes. that's your fair warning. <laughs> the reason we're doing this episode is partly because when we were doing the building your book series, we covered herbalism in combination with recipes yep. in one episode. And we spent most of our time like telling people to be careful and yeah. people were not well pleased. Yeah. They were not <laughs> pleased with that content. So we're, we're taking, this is take two this of take herbalism. Two. And we're going to try and, and do a little bit We're giving more it a whole episode this time. Yep. Well, the <laughs> reason so, why we started Gwyn's Garden Gems is because people were yeah. like, um, Could I get more? Can I get, Can more? I get a little bit more? So let's get started, though, with herbalism mm-hmm. uh, as a basically as a topic. Um, herbalism is the oldest known form of healing uh, using specific herbs for medicinal or therapeutic value. And... Um, Basically, herbs have been documented for uh, over three five thousand years. Um, right. Sort of recorded human history. Yeah, in all of recorded human history, probably includes, more than than recorded human. Oh well, history, I'm gonna but, get yeah. I'm gonna get to that. Um, but yes, we have we have evidence of you know that we are still using the same herbs today mm-hmm. that our ancient ancestors were using for the same problems. Where right? where they still exist. Where they still sometimes, exist. Sometimes exactly. they don't exist anymore. But this is what I thought was interesting. I read an article that stated archaeologists found a grave of a woman that was you know from 50,000 mm-hmm. years ago and she was surrounded by herbs and plants that we still use for medicine today yep. and herbalism. So it's been around since the dawn of man. <laughs> Basically, what um the best or most common theory is that early humans used observation and experimentation with plants and herbs and berries and roots for food and probably stumbled upon using it for medicine by accident. Yeah, right. that makes that makes sense. <laughs> well, and we know um, even animals do this to to mm-hmm. like not to in a in a structured way like humans do, mm-hmm. but like cats uh, when they eat grass, yeah, because they can't really digest grass, they're doing that as like a medical solution to food poisoning. Exactly, exactly. So so that is something that our, our human forebears obviously mm-hmm. did as well. And, um, and it really is interesting and amazing when you realize that the same plants and herbs that they were using for the, for very common ailments are still used to this mm-hmm. day, um, and are, were recognized then for those, for those ailments. Um, something that I thought was interesting while I was looking into the subject was, mm-hmm. uh, I, I read that herbs, um, medicinally are defined as any plants or plant parts that have therapeutic value, mm-hmm. but that that might also include minerals or animal parts. Mm-hmm. So that that, like herbalism isn't strictly the use of plants mm-hmm. as like traditional medicine, mm-hmm. but it might include other things. A lot of that has to do with the system that you're that you're using because we have uh, different systems of herbalism. We have mm-hmm. Western herbalism that uses the doctrine of signatures. We have Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And we have traditional Chinese medicine. And Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine are the ones that are more likely to use, to use minerals, minerals and, and bone and animal, thing, pieces. animal pieces and parts and, and, um, and that kind of thing than Western herbalism is. Which has more to do with strictly plants. Which has plants. more to do with strictly plants and herbs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so. And, the, uh, Ayur- Ayurvedic medicine is from India? Yes. Question Ayurvedic yeah. is from, from India. Um, so we do have obviously record of herbs being used um, as far back as uh, the Egyptians and the Chinese. One of the earliest record of the of the Egyptians we have is called the Ebers Papyrus, and it has 850 plants listed along with what they were used to treat. Wow. Mm-hmm. But Yukar found something that was, I think it was Mesopotamian. 
Yeah, yeah. There's uh, the trees. The treatise. That's it. Of medical diagnosis and prognosis, um, which is 40 clay tablets. Wow. um, That were inscribed. Uh, The oldest surviving copy of it is from about 1600 BC, but they believe it's an amalgamation of several centuries of Mesopotamian Mm -hmm. medical knowledge. It's actually still being studied to this day. Wow. Uh, There's actually a French scholar, R. Labat. So yeah, he's actually studying these clay tablets still. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and the interesting thing about, like, what we have from China and what we have from the Egyptian uh, Ebers papyrus, they have, they include descriptions of digestive ailments, skin diseases, um, urinary tract infections. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the kind of things that, um, you know, are still being used today. All of these plants are listed as uh, what they used, how they created. What interactions. Yeah, what interactions they had and what you what were used. And then um, the interesting thing is that in the beginning, herbs were consumed raw. They were usually just, just chew them, right. just eat them or chew them. And then eventually they were combined with water to create soups or teas. And a lot of Chinese medicine obviously um, still uses soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, Western herbalism uses a lot of tea, a lot of tinctures yeah. and things I'm like that. I'm drinking uh, a sweet tangerine tea right now, which purports go. to be good for energy and boosting mood. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I also read that capuchin monkeys, mm-hmm. so those little cute capuchin. Cap- yeah, those, yep. actually because they have such digestive issues because of what they eat, mm-hmm. they then eat charcoal. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. So it calms down their mm-hmm. system. So, I mean, I think so this they is, figured yeah. this out. This is, this is one of those things where, like, I think it's good for humans sometimes to remember that we, too, are animals. That's right. That's We're just right. animals who've, who are very into having systems and organization. That's right. That's right. Now, to give a little bit more history, um, the ancient Greeks combined scientific thinking to herbal medicine that had been passed right. down over the, you know, over the eons. Right. As it will. Oh, and I was going to also add, obviously, um, for those tribes and indigenous peoples and populations mm-hmm. that did not have writing, everything was passed on through oral, oral tradition. tradition. Yeah. Yep. And apprenticeship, yep. basically, and, and training uh, families, you know, training their children to uh, be able to understand what herbs were best for, mm-hmm. you know, for, for what, what ailment. Thing. Yeah. Uh, but the ancient Greeks, again, Hippocrates, uh, Hippocrates, who was considered the father of, of Western medicine, mm-hmm. combined common sense and observation of symptoms to diagnose illness. And then he used his knowledge of herbs to treat those to treat symptoms, symptoms. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah hippocrates was actually one of the first western diagnosticians yeah. who like actually kept good records mm-hmm. and uh, lab notes and things and then another greek physician who was also a botanist and pharmacologist of the day mm-hmm. uh if i can say his name dioscorides he wrote a five volume encyclopedia called de materia medica which lists 600 herbal remedies and extensive pharmacopoeia and has had been used for 1500 years following its publication mm-hmm. and that is uh in in fact to this day we still call any kind of of yeah you know listeria it's medica. a materia medica yeah so it's after what he did and then around 200 ce galen of pergamon another greek physician wrote 11 books detailing herbal remedies used and using his knowledge to cure those whom 
doctors had given up on. Ah, yeah, so he they, was sort of a last chance. He was a last chance doctor, and he would use his knowledge of herbs to to help those who just they thought were beyond hope. And then when he was appointed to the school of gladiators in Alexandria,、mm. he used his knowledge. To、um, basically save men who had been wounded in the gladiatorial games and in practice,、um, he apparently was was very good at his job and、yeah. really understood.、Uh, yeah,、uh, my my understanding is that Galen was one of the like after Hippocrates, there was actually、mm-hmm. a period in Greek medical science where not a lot of progress was made,、mm-hmm. uh, and they were all just everything was for a couple of hundred years was just sort of like. Yeah, at, at the same place,、mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't until Galen that things like picked、Started、up speed、moving. again.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact,、um, they were saying that his works, along with the,、um, you know, what Dioscorides, the, the Materia Medica. Yep, the Materia Medica. They were translated into Latin and Arabic. The、uh, in Arabic in the in the Middle Eastern countries, they actually combined. The knowledge that they learned from from Galen and the、mm-hmm. Materia Medica to and included their own right herbal their, knowledge their own from their native of information、yeah. exactly to create their own system of medicine in in there in that area. But Galen's books were used up until the Renaissance. After that time, they were、um, it was the monks who really kept herbalism alive.、Mm-hmm. Um, they would write and they would retranslate and they、right. would use the, the the material that they learned from Galen and Dioscorides. And they were the ones who、um, they kept medical herb gardens. Right. They became the physicians in the Middle Ages, and、um, they're the ones they、uh, many of their monasteries were turned into.、Um, You know, hospitals, into hospitals, basically,、yeah. and it, it's really interesting because,、uh, like, around 1347 to 1351, when the Black Death happened,、mm-hmm. herbal medicine proved to be more effective and better and more popular than the popular、uh, treatments of the day, which were bleeding and purging. Right. <laughs> so, well, they all those 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 methods were not effective yeah, for the、yeah. Black Death. But then, in、uh, the 1500s, it was England's King Henry VIII who wanted to promote herbalism, and so they created schools. And then by about 1600, and somewhere in the Middle Ages, the doctrine of signatures was created. Yeah, tell me. You mentioned this before. Tell me about the doctrine、mm-hmm. of signatures. The doctrine of signatures、uh, is basically the belief that every herb has its own sign or signature,、mm-hmm. and、uh, you use it according to. Its appearance, its color, its scent, or the living environment that it comes from, and you use that to determine what it will treat. And in fact, Carr has、I、a found list. A bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Carr has a list、yeah. of a bunch, and they actually still use the doctrine of signatures to this day in modern herbalism.、Hmm. So kidney beans、uh-huh. are actually good for your kidneys. So you should let me.、Eat. You should buy more kidney beans. I know. I will. Gwen doesn't like kidney beans, so she she doesn't ever buy them, but they're very good. <laughs> Walnuts, when cracked out of the shell, look like a like a brain, right? Right. And they're good for brains. They're good for your brains. They're actually good for your upper and lower cerebellum. Nature is wild.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, let's see here. Carrots, when done in a cross section, looks like a human eye.、Mm-hmm. Which, as carrots, they always tell you, good for yeah, your eyes. Carrots are good for your eyes. Celery looks just like bones. Oh, is it good for your bones? But it is、mm-hmm. exactly good for your bones because.、Um, I didn't think celery was good for anything. <laughs> celery actually specifically targets bone strengths. I had no、uh, idea because bones are twenty three percent sodium, and、uh, they actually have that much in celery. I had no idea. Avocados look like a womb in a cervix. 
And they're good for reproductive health? They are good for balancing hormone in women and shedding unwanted birth weight. I guess I should eat avocados. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then figs full of seeds that hang in groups and they hang in groups of two. Uh-huh. Yep, they're good for sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and another example of that is um, for jaundice, uh-huh. marigold and dandelion because they have yellow flowers. So they're good for the digestion. So we have dandelion root tea. Dandelions have yellow heads. They're good for it. They they're good for the digestion. Which is jaundice. And jaundice and makes jaundice, you yellowy. Yeah. And jaundice is an excess of bile. <laughs> I really wish we were on video because <laughs> Oates' face right now is like the look of ultimate confusion. Sweet potatoes look like a pancreas. I didn't even know what a pancreas looked like, but now that I I can envision it because I know and, what a sweet potato looks actually like. Good for that. And Finn Odinson <laughs> asks a very good question. Yeah. He says, "Loves he loves dandelion meat? Does that count?" Actually, yes, it does because you can basically everybody practices a form of herbalism in their kitchen every day uh, because of the spices that you use in your cooking or the specific foods or you the eat. specific fo- foods that you eat. But even the things that you make into wine, into mead, you still you're still getting the benefits. The basic the basic the qualities of the plant, and, and it's just a matter of why that, we have tea. Now, how does how does that? Sh- surely that varies some depending on how it's processed, right? Because I know, mm-hmm. like when you heat honey, it loses its antibacterial mm-hmm. properties. I know, like as soon as you cut garlic, it loses some yeah. of its there, health do, benefits. Anytime you cook something, you you do run the risk. But when you're doing something like dandelion, which usually the the a lot of the nutrients come from the the woody part, the, the like the stem. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it requires a longer period of steeping or a oh, longer to sort heat of process. to release oh. the new the the value. Okay, right. so it depends on what you're dealing with. It so like honey, you want with. to eat as raw as possible because yes, that's absolutely. where it has its best health benefit. Mm-hmm. That's the state in which it has its most health benefits. Mm-hmm. Dandelion roots and stems and things don't release their health benefits until they've been steeped more. Exactly, exactly. Although it depends on the part of the on the part. Like the roots, you're gonna. It's a woody part. It's it's Mm -hmm. harder. So you're gonna want you want a longer uh, steeping cooking time from that. Something like the leaves or the or the heads. That is something you can put into like salads and things like that. Mm -hmm. You can use the heads for tea. Um, as well as the roots. Right. So, um, but yeah, it, it depends on the part that you're using, but absolutely you can make dandelion wine, dandelion Yanni meat. says, doesn't dandelion cause diarrhea in larger quantities? I believe that's true. Um, that, which I guess is where we should start talking about side effects. There are, yes, that, that is very true. Um, it, it depends. It's a moderation thing. I it's think. a mo- yeah. one, Yanni, it's a, it's a moderation thing, but it also is a person thing. Right. Everybody, every individual is going to have a different response to an herb or uh Yeah, or I, I was reading about kind. this. I guess herbalism can't be extrapolated out to large groups mm-hmm. in the way that, like, conventional medicine can mm-hmm. be. Like, you can't confirm without knowing a person's individual circumstances and the way right. their particular body operates mm-hmm. whether a specific herb will do a thing for them reliably mm-hmm. in the way that you hypothetically can with yes. more conventional medicine. And exactly. So it does, you do take into account... Um, so it's like, it's a smaller scale it's a smaller medical scale. process. And there, process. for instance, St. John's wort. 
Right. St. John's wort is excellent for stress relief, but it is something that should only be taken for a short period of time. Like it takes a couple of weeks for the St. John's wort to build up in your system, mm-hmm. but then you should probably stop using it after a couple of months. Um, it's not a long-term remedy for stress for or for anxiety disorders. or for mood disorders. Right. It's good for, it's really excellent for, for like a crisis. For seasonal affective disorder or a crisis. Mm-hmm. It's very good. So is kava kava, but they are, they are, uh, herbs that should be used for short duration. Because whereas I, there I, are, there because, are other herbs right. and other plants and roots such as ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is an excellent root for long term. Well, and I think part of the reason St. John's wort shouldn't be used long term is doesn't it increase um, photosensitivity? photosensitivity mm-hmm. Yeah, and there and that is again why when whether you're using uh, dandelion or whether you're using um, St. John's wort, you need to do your research, and then basically it can it comes down to trial and error. Mm-hmm. It, it really does come down to what works best for you. And if drink, if drinking too much dandelion root tea or drinking too much dandelion mead causes digestive upset, mm-hmm. then you realize you have to cut back on the amount that you can take. Sunshine said, calling BS on your thing about right on meds, side effects uh, because, like you know, all all medicines have different side effects with different people. That's broadly mm-hmm. speaking true, but the objective of conventional mm-hmm. medicine is to apply to the largest possible group right. of people. Correct. Yes. Whereas the objective of herbal medicine is to treat individuals. Yes. Correct. I think it's like a, I think it's a, I don't think it's a difference in like quality. I think yeah. it's a difference in, in quantity. In, well, no, but right. in objective. Yeah, that's in, true. In the approach that you take to the process. I also want to say that. Herbalism, yes, it is considered, many herbs within the sphere of herbalism are considered a safer uh, mode of mm-hmm. treatment, if you will, or a, a way to strengthen the body. A lot of what herbalism is about is not so much as curing right. an ailment as it is strengthening the body system so the body can overcome an ailment, if that makes sense. Right. So, like, if you're talking about the, uh, the immune system, you would uh, take elderberry to build up your immune system so that if you did get a cold, it would help to get over it faster. And most synthetic medicines on the market today, though, kind of owe their existence to naturally occurring herbs. Actually, plants originally. Yeah. yeah. So like the original painkiller, which was marketed like a hundred years mm-hmm. ago, aspirin. basically is a derivative of white willow bark. And right. Aspirin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, so, which I do. I just use, has white willow bark in the house. Now. I, use, I use white willow bark for minor pain relief, mm-hmm. but I did want to bring up, um, I think it was sunshine who said we need, um, you know, like big herbal. The problem is I think if we got big herbal, you'd run into the same problem right. that you have with big pharma. What makes herbalism, I think, valuable right now is that it is smaller. That's what I'm. That's sort of what I'm talking about. Where yeah. I, when, when I was saying it is more individual, that 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 it focuses on the indiv- on on individual care instead of on systemic care. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's. I think that difference in um, in perspective is and important. Approach. Um, and, and Rana, I agree with you. I think like both using herbal and yeah, in combination, in combination because it's probably like, the best. Yeah. I, you know, I have severe allergy problems to cats, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as most of you all know, we have one. And so I do a lot of herbal stuff, mm-hmm. but I also have a bronchial inhaler mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. those times when it's just not working as well as it should exactly. be. Quinn Ann makes the point, um, I'm on medication for mental illness issues that herbal remedies haven't worked for. I think that there's a place for both. Yep. That's exactly true. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I use, uh, I use both. Mm-hmm. I think there is room for both 
alopecia. It's not a zero sum. No, yet. it's not a zero. It's not a one or the other. There is just as much room for allopathy as there is for herbalism. I also wanted to point out, Rana mentioned that she thinks instead of conventional medicine, which is what I've been saying, it's modern medicine. Yeah. The reason I'm calling it conventional medicine instead of modern medicine is that herbal medicine is modern. Yes, it is. Current herbal medicine is mm-hmm. as modern as conventional medicine right. is. In fact, that's a really good point. Um, one of the things that the herbalism industry, if you will, or the, the, community. the community, the herbalist community has been trying to get across and help people understand is that it's being, by calling it alternative, mm-hmm. that makes it sound like it's something that is uh, either new or, right. or separate. And the point is that herbalism has been around for millennia. Right. And it's and been that, evolving and this And it's whole been time. evolving this entire time. And I think it's something like over a hundred different herbals, you know, uh, of plant matter uh, have been studied and turned into modern pharmaceuticals. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So it really, the herbalism is, a, is modern. Right. So what we really have is allopathy, which is what you know as conventional, conventional medicine. Yeah. And then you have herbalism and both are part of modern medicine. And the great thing is that you're now starting to see more and more doctors who are taking herbalism classes, mm-hmm. who are including herbalism as part of their uh, drug regimen mm-hmm. you know, or right. treatment regimens. Or, or they're including dietary changes, dietary lifestyle changes, changes exactly. which are because, all sort of under this umbrella. Right, because the whole idea behind herbalism as, for the body, mm-hmm. obviously for, for medical health, herbalism, for medical herbalism, is that you are not just treating a symptom, you are a whole system treating your whole system to be healthy. Right. So, so that, that the things don't so that the right. things or if they do, your body is it's equipped better equipped to right. equipped yeah. to deal with it. Right. Because allopathy or or traditional medicine is more conventional symptom, or excuse me, yeah, conventional medicine is more symptom oriented, whereas herbalism is more about finding the cause if there is a right. of an illness and helping the body overcome that illness. Yeah. Right. And then building the body up so that they can move on. And just so, Rana, just so you don't get the wrong idea, we are definitely not anti-vaxxers. Oh, God. No, no. no. So this is we actually just, something I wanted to talk yeah, about. Let's, um, we are, my grandfather was a doctor. Yeah. Vaccines are very important. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm saying we're, we're pro-vaccine. Should, herbalism should be worked uh, in with your regular yeah. requirements. We're pro-vaccine, and I would say I'm anti-anti-vaxxer. Full offense to any anti-vaxxers listening, you're wrong. You're destroying herd immunity, and you're putting the vulnerable members of our community at risk and you should get fucked. Oh, stop. (laughs) No chance. So what vaccines are, and I think this is an interesting sort of like, I think this is an interesting connection point, right, between conventional medicine Mm -hmm. and herbal medicine. Vaccines are or contain dead or severely limited illnesses, right? right? They they contain the bacteria uh, that create those those illnesses Mm -hmm. in humans, right? And by introducing those illnesses into the body in a controlled way, Mm -hmm. you teach the body how to defend itself against that. That's what a vaccine does. Mm -hmm. It's teaching your body to defend itself against this foreign agent. That, like, that's very compatible Mm -hmm. with With herbalism. With the goals and objectives of herbalism, right? Like, it's, there's very much like a, vaccines are sort of, I feel like almost a midway point between Mm -hmm. conventional medicine, which is sort of, and I I did read this, that modern conventional medicines Mm -hmm. are mostly highly refined single chemical components, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas, Herbal medicines, because they're made up of plant matter, contain more complex compound chemicals. And I think vaccines 
are are like this interesting intersection where they contain the thing they're intended to protect against. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to also bring up uh, one of our previous comments. I missed who, who said it. Uh, said that herbal medicine is often considered gentler to the system, and that is true. Like the the person who commented uses, as I do now, uh, white willow bark because conventional medicine. Uh, you know, conventional painkillers such as uh, ibuprofen and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, are, you know, they cause her body issues. So she uses white willow uh, in order to treat, um, you know, aches and pains and headaches. Right. And that's very true. But having said that, there are, uh, while it is generally considered, they are considered safer and gentler than conventional pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. You still have to remember that not every herb is safe. Right. Is not conducive necessarily conducive to your to necessarily right. to your particular body. Right. Not and everyone I don't think white willow bark would necessarily work for my migraine. Because mm-hmm. you have very you have very, you have severe, very severe pain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but the, you know, the amount of white willow you would have to take have would found, be but we have found other ways that right. are more natural right. to treat. Yep. Yes. So and that is also the Yeah, part there's of actually aromatherapy. there's a there's an aromatherapy component yeah. that we use to help control yep. cars migraine. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what it is, and that's why it comes down to uh, somebody who is either practicing herbalism in their own home for mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and their family. Like or, we do. Like we do, or goes to an herbalist. It does come down to trying what works best yeah, there's for a, you. Yeah, there's a right. trial and error there component. There is a trial and error, and what works for some people will not work for others. Like uh, my brother, for example. Yes. Uh, has really weird sensitivities. He's, he's sensitive to metals. He's sensitive to other things, but he also has sort of a weird inversions of the expected response. Um, medications Mm -hmm. to many or to many herbal medications. Mm -hmm. Essential oils. Essential oils. Yeah. He, he often has unexpected responses to those Mm -hmm. things. So he has to spot test everything Everything. essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just, that's just part of the way his body runs for some reason. Although the last time I talked to him, he started using white willow. Oh, good. For his aches and pains and headaches, mm-hmm. and they're working fine for him. Yeah. So he, you know, but he has to try. He has to test everything. And he has to test, and that is another thing. If you are going to try herbalism after you've done your study mm-hmm. and and know like about dosages and and things like that, um, you know, do small tests. Right. You know, try something in a small quantity and then see how it feels. What does it taste like? You know, how is your body responding? And then you can begin upping the dosage until you get the effect that Mm -hmm. you're looking for. You can do that with tincture. You can do that with tea. And uh, also, if you want to start herbalism without getting, like, doing the major thing, Mm -hmm. um, you can always try teas, like, from traditional medicinal. Yeah. Because they have your basic teas that work on various functions uh, and they're they're going to be a lot milder than using like a dietary supplement yeah, or something like much, that. Much much milder, and uh, and I think it's worth uh, it's worth the try to start with something like yogi, yogi teas, mm-hmm. uh, traditional medicinals, and then move on from there. Laud nine says that. Right now, they are totally off white willow because it doesn't play well with blood thinners, and mm. not clotting is more important than muscle pain. Exactly, and that is that's exactly what we're talking right. about interactions. Interactions. That's why you have to do your homework. And for instance, if I was on blood thinners, I would not be able to use white mm-hmm. willow. Or if I was going to have surgery in a couple yep. of weeks, I would have to stop using white willow, just like I had to stop taking any kind of, of, of aspirin yeah. type, uh, you know, medication. Medication yep. two weeks before my surgery. 
uh, a couple of years ago. Yep. So, um, so yeah, everything you, everything you use needs to be done with wisdom mm-hmm. and with knowledge. And that means you do your research. Yep. And then Rana is recommended keeping a journal mm-hmm. to record your exactly. use of, of herbals and the interactions it has, whether it's working for you and so that you can, uh, go and talk to your doctor and have very clear um, descriptions of what you've been doing and mm-hmm. the reactions that you've yeah. been having. Exactly. And I, and the thing is there's, there are a lot of herbs that can help with a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but because and many know, of them are multi-purpose and many of them are multi-purpose. And that's the great thing about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you should always check with your doctor, especially if you're on medication, which I've already done. I take yeah. uh, a medication daily and, and I've, you know, checked with my doctor to make sure that certain herbals are things that I can take right. and that it's okay for me to try different ones. And, uh, and then what I do, I, I, you know, pay attention to my body and how it feels with the various things that I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Now, I did want to do real quick before we, you know, move on. No, mm-hmm. I think we need to do a commercial first. It's been oh, 40 sorry. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Some people play music to soothe the savage plant, and our Tiger Allure driver can provide. With the music of Aqua Girl. Aqua Girl is an indie pop musician with some very chill, listenable synth tone, married to lyrics that are by turns hopeful and honest. All of Aqua Girl's tracks have their charms, but Ode suggests In a Dark Room, a melancholy study of living through and with dysphoria. You can find Aqua Girl at aqua-girl.bandcamp.com. You taught me how to love myself in a dark room. You taught me how to bleed, bleed. Breathe in, breathe out. I'm going back and forth, so now I'll breathe in, breathe in. I just wanted to go through a couple of, of facts and mm-hmm. questions here. We've already frequently covered, asked questions. Yes, the frequently <laughs> asked questions. Um, can everyone take herbal remedies? Some people should use extreme caution when concer- considering herbal remedies. And that's because not everyone is in a health position or in an age position where mm-hmm. they should take it. Elderly people tend to metabolize medication differently than younger people. Yeah. So the same thing applies to uh, people with immune disorders, Anyone who's taking prescription drugs for some reason, if you're unsure, always talk talk to your doctor and err on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. The next is, is it safe to make my own herbal remedies? Nearly everyone can benefit from, and I'm reading, by the way, from the herbal the Practical Herbal Medicine Handbook by Burke Lenahan RN CCH. Everyone can benefit, nearly everyone can benefit from homemade r- r- herbal remedies, but you can also be sure to follow any recommended precautions. For instance, even looking, even if you use like a traditional medicinal tea or a yogi mm-hmm. tea, which we are not sponsored by either of those no. companies. Although will, traditional medicinals are very nice. Very, very nice. Um, you will notice that there are. Yeah, there are brewing instructions, there are, brewing there are instructions, dosage instructions, there are do- and there are warnings. Yep. Like there are certain herbs and teas and tinctures and mm-hmm. things that you should not take if you are breastfeeding or pregnant. Yep. Because there are some herbs that can cause menstrual cramping, which can lead to miscarriage. A miscarriage. Yep. yep. Or so that can have an effect on the child because happen. it passes the yep. exactly through the blood barrier. Exactly. So it's always good to know what herb you're taking. And know what the precautions are, mm-hmm. uh, based on your age and, and your life circumstances. And your life circumstances. 
should children use herbal medicine? Many herbal remedies are recommended for adults and are not safe for children. And the part of that is because there hasn't been a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. However, there are remedies that are recommended for children, and uh, you just need to. There are a lot of reference books out there. Mm-hmm. There are a lot. There's a lot of material on the internet through medical companies or like WebMD right. and things like that. They will list the the precautions and the dosages mm-hmm. and things like that. Always, always, always do your research. Like and I make sure you're of- getting your data from reputable sources. Yes, yeah. yes. Because on the internet, there are a lot of um, there's a lot of unsourced information. Exactly, and which wrong is- quotes by her pocket teeth. <laughs> which is why I recommend getting uh, you know, getting books that are either from like the Herbalist Guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosemary Gladstar is a is a renowned herbalist who you know anything. She and writes something you're going to want to read. And, and there are, at least in the United States and in some parts of Europe, um, there are licensing um, institutions for, yes. for herbalists. Yeah. That's in Europe, not in the United States. There is in the United States, I believe, a herbalist's kind of registration that you can get. Well, we'll look into that. But so there, so there are people who are licensed mm-hmm. to perform herbalism or naturopathy, right. which yeah. is um, a natural doctor of right, a doctor of medicine, mm-hmm. uh, a, a naturopathic doctor is actually a doctor mm-hmm. of medicine who has additional training in incorporating mm-hmm. herbal medicine. That's right. And then of course you have traditional Chinese medicine. Um, you have Ayurveda. These mm-hmm. are different types of herbal medicine. Uh, disciplines. Yep. And then can you grow your own herbal medicine? Many herbs that are used for medicinal purposes can be grown at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally, just to, to remember, a lot of herbs that are used to complement or to sustain the body are actually in your spice cabinet. Right, in your diet. In your diet. <laughs> garlic. Garlic very good for everything. Yeah. Cayenne pepper, garlic, onion. Actually, we can talk about garlic. So when I was... Mm-hmm. Um, when my brother and I were younger, we both got ear infections all the yeah. time, like incessantly. My brother, uh, even more than me, but yeah. both of us were very susceptible to, to ear infections for some reason. Medication we were getting from the doctor wasn't like controlling it mm-hmm. and like it would handle the immediate infection, but then we would just get another one yeah. like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gwyn put both of us on, at, at I think a doctor's recommendation, put both of us on, um, garlic supplements for mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because garlic is antibacterial. It's a natural antibiotic. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an antibiotic. So we were on garlic supplements for a bit and we ate a lot of garlic. <laughs> um, I put our garlic oil in their ear. In our ears. Yeah. And it actually did reduce the frequency of ear infections that we had. Yep, it absolutely did. So, And to this day, I just eat a lot of garlic. That's right. <laughs> I can't even begin to list, you know, I mean, rosemary mm-hmm. you can use is, is excellent um, for... Lungs? Heart? Things. Yeah, for circulatory for Circulatory, thank you. Uh, for circulatory things. And, you know, and all you're doing is putting it in to your food. Right. You know. Um, so the point is you already... And you won't have, presumably if you're just eating it, you won't have as intense a yeah, you're not concentration. Gonna have exactly. But you're still, by by the virtue of what you're eating and... The, you are what you eat, as they yes, say. Yes, exactly. By the virtue of what you're eating and the spices that you are using in your cooking, you are, in fact, aiding your body to better heal itself. Or or like ginger. Ginger mm-hmm. is great. Ginger's and peppermint, wonderful. but ginger yeah. especially, are great for if you're nauseous or if you have issues. any kind of digestive issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was working regularly, uh, like a regular 9-to-5 job, 
I like had a couple of weeks where I was just super nauseous for no good reason. Like, I don't know what was wrong with me. I had some kind of bug, I guess. Yeah. Stress maybe, but I had to go to work. I didn't have like, I didn't take vacation days. I was not that person. Um, I didn't take sick days unless I was cursed. I just went to the store and I got a couple packages of crystallized ginger. I brought them to work with me. I just chewed on them every time I started feeling nauseous and it got me through the day. Guess what? It's time for reviews. Yes. So we are reviewing today an illustrated herbiary. Right. So we're reviewing an illustrated herbiary. I had mixed feelings about this book. On the one hand, it was extraordinarily pretty. This is a beautiful book, you guys. I I would recommend getting it just for the aesthetics of it. But I did not find that it had a lot of useful information for me. It was very... And, like, I hate to say this because I know it's going to create a certain kind of view in your mind, but it was very fluffy. (laughs) It was very fluffy. I have... So it's by Maya Toll. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, the title is An Illustrated Herbiary. The subtitle uh-huh. of it is Guidance and Rituals from 36 Bewitching Botanicals. Yeah. It quite honestly should have said that as the title. Instead of an illustrated, yeah. Because it really is guidance. Mm-hmm. And rituals. And rituals. It's not. It's not what I would consider. About the plant. Yeah, it's not what I would consider an herbiary. No. no. Well, and I, I guess it depends on. I was. I, I had an expectation that there would be yeah. some information Same. about the plant. Same. I think what it was is, as somebody who's interested in herbalism, who uses herbalism both magically and medicinally, I was expecting a kind of combination herbiary materia medica, especially after reading that she was both trained in the medical field as well as apprentice under mm-hmm. an herbalist for a year in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And, and so, she talks about that in the introduction. And she talks about the fact that she was bringing, you know, uh, it, it brought a spiritual aspect mm-hmm. to her understanding of herbalism. And I thought, oh, good, this is going to be really great. And then it turned out to be a lot of fluffy woo. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was all it was all sort of about like the feelings of the, the feelings of the plant and the spirit of the plant, and that's interesting stuff. But I it was that. not exactly. But I wanted it combined exactly. with actual like, information about the plant. Yes, I felt like something was missing. I felt I would like, have taken even basic information yes. about the plant. And the thing is, the illustrations are gorgeous. Yes, extraordinarily but beautiful. But I don't think you could necessarily identify the plant. No, based because on these astrolo- exactly, illustrations because they were um they were they're idealized. They're idealized, and they they're um, um, they're not realistic yeah. depictions, I would say. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, while the writing is very poetic and very beautiful mm-hmm. and very meaningful, if you are looking for something to do as a meditation, mm-hmm. and in fact, I believe the uh, the hardcover book actually comes with a set of botanical cards that you can use. Oh, as with these, with, like as an oracle like an deck? Oracle deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can use it as a meditation device, as an oracle deck. And if that is all you want, from this herbiary, then you'll probably be very happy with it. However, speaking as someone who wanted to know additional information, mm-hmm. the the scientific or the, the medical information, the beneficial information about mm-hmm. the actual plant, in addition to this more kind of esoteric, you know, right. understanding, and it really was kind of a UPG esoteric. It was very understanding. yeah. It all seems to be sort of drawn from personal interactions yeah. with the spirits of these plants, yeah. and that, like I said, that's, that's interesting. Uh, like, I that's, recommend that. Uh, you know? uh, uh, for so, personal use. I guess what I wanted was a book of the stuff we do in our segments. Yes. Like where you talk about the science of the plant and the feeling of the plant yeah. and the uses of the plant. And like when I do stones, I 
go first and examine all the science of this mm-hmm. type of mineral, and Maybe then I talk about my feelings of its spirit. Let I me, wanted both of those components in this book, and I did not have them. I know, same. I just felt like it was missing. Something. Exactly. I felt like I got half a book. Yes, exactly. I felt like I got half a book. I got the spiritual half of the book, but I didn't get the practical half. Yeah. So I would, I would personally give it a two star because, um, yeah, it, I was just kind of disappointed. I would give I it, it three it stars because I. As an artist, I very much appreciate. I liked looking at it. It it was very pretty, but it just—I felt like something was missing. I would, so I'd only give it a star. One. One star. Uh, If I could give less than that, I probably would, (laughs) because I didn't find it at all anything for me. But that said, if you get it with the Oracle deck and you look at it as a as purely, yeah, purely a thing for the Oracle deck or the yeah, I think it would be a. I think it would be a great if um, it said if it said. The herbiary, the illustrated herbiary oracle, oracle, yeah, and this book was included to help you explain right. the damn oracle that would make deck. More sense. That would make sense, but as a book on its on own, its own, yeah, it doesn't do have not much. Spend the nine ninety nine on Kindle. Yeah, it does not. It does, it's it's not it does not have much Kindle. use independently. Right. Yeah, yep. I really, I really didn't appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an independent book. Yeah. So and there's a bestiary out now. Oh God. I'm, I, I'll it's assume it's identical. The same way. And yeah. not not yeah. useful to me. Just not. But if not you in, get the oracle. If deck. you get an oracle deck, yeah. Yeah. I think so, would be then it could have value. So I think that there's potential for it. If but we you get it as seen an oracle. It with the oracle yeah. deck, we've only seen the PDF. Of yeah. It, so. yeah. Yeah. That's it for reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Take a sip. Yeah. Take a sip, babe. (laughs) All right. So we're going to wrap up the medical portion of herbalism just, you know, by saying there are a lot. I mean, there are so many resources Mm -hmm. out there. Go on to Amazon and and just put in herbalism. Yeah, you'll find some stuff. And you'll find a lot of stuff. Some of the – there are two books that I I really do recommend. They are – they're basically a a classic in in herbalism. It's by Mrs. M. Grieve. There are two volumes. It's called A Modern Herbal. Volumes one and volume volumes two. Volumes one and volume two. And while these were written years ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like in the fifties, I think, um, they have excellent information mm-hmm. that is still valid today. And then the you plants can, don't change. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Our understanding of them might change, might but the plants change. themselves. Exactly. So they're well, they change, but very slowly. It, they're a wonderful thing to have if you want to get into herbalism. Uh, additionally, anything by Rosemary Gladstar. Mm-hmm. Anything by the Herbalist Guild, because mm-hmm. um, there's a, I mean, there's so much. Yeah, there's so so many resources out there. Um, and then um, additionally, there is a book that I borrowed from Arts and Crafts Library that mm-hmm. I'm going to actually buy an updated copy of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at some point. It's called Botany in a Day by. Thomas J. Elpel, and it uh, is all this, the technical information right. about what you need to know about these herbs and how to identify them. So that's in, critical information. In the wild and uh, when you're growing, you know, how, how you're gro- if you want to grow them yourself. And especially if you are into wild crafting, and I'm going to stress this, if you are wild crafting, do not pick eat or or use mm-hmm. a plant unless you have 100%, you know, uh, confidence. Confidence that you are, have identified it correctly. And make sure it's justified confidence. Exactly. And there are many, many, many books, mm-hmm. uh, field guides that yep. tell you how to identify a plant and you want to identify it by its color, uh, by its uh, of its, you know, blooms, uh, right. by its petals, number, by its leaves, number of leaves, number of type leaves, of stem, the type of stem, does ne- it have never, hairs on the stem? So here's something, here's a, a trap 
that I think people fall into sometimes is that they see like, oh, these flowers look similar Mm -hmm. and they assume they've got like, this is the same plant, maybe a different cultivar. No, it's probably not. It's probably not. Guarantee that you have, that it's meeting all the specifications to to ID a plant. Because people, and that's, and this is why, even though, yes, as somebody mentioned, herbalism is, you know, herbs are considered more gentle and safe. People who do, who do not use common sense or do their research, Mm They have poisoned themselves yeah, because right. they've given them too large of a dose, or they've, they've taken something taken they misidentified something that, they, that they misidentified. Um, so do your research and make sure you absolutely, if you're wildcrafting especially, know what you're consuming. Yes. And then another book that I really recommend, um, if you can find it because it's an older book, but I'm sure there's there's a million more like it, The Practical Herbal Medicine Handbook, Your Quick Reference Guide to Healing Herbs and Remedies. It's wonderful. It's got a lot of information about individual herbs, and then it has a bunch of uh, recipes for, for, for treatment. For using them. For using them, you know, for either making a tonic or a tea or a salve or anything like that. So there we go on that part of yep. this exciting adventure. So now that we've talked about medical, medical. stuff. Mm-hmm. Now magical. Magical, magical. stuff. Now, yeah. can I ask a question? Yeah. Herbs you can use fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Dry? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the essential oil? Yes. Okay. You can. But essential oils are a little bit different. Right. Because you, um, you know... In the United States, uh, ingestion of essential oils is not recommended. It's discouraged. Right, right. Yeah. discouraged. Uh, agreed, but you can still... You can let use me, them in aromatherapy. Right. Let, yeah. let, yes, let me continue. There are There is a school of thought in France where they do right. use... Uh, ingested. Ingested herbal, mm-hmm. you know... Essential, essential oils. oils. And there are certain multi-level marketing companies mm-hmm. that recommend ingestion of herbal, you know, essential oils. Um, but yes, you can use um, essential oils... They are the obviously the essential part of um, of the plant. The essence. The essence of the plant. So a lot of the things that you would use the plant for, like in a tea or something like that, you can use, uh, you know, as a salve or as mm-hmm. a rub or right. you know that kind of thing. Right. For instance, um, now not all and not all these plants are uh, things that you can actually ingest, but you can make them into a salve or you can make them into right. a, a, a poultice or things like that. For instance, copaiba, which is a bark from a tree. tree. Mm-hmm. The essential oil of copaiba is wonderful for uh, reducing inflammation. It's very, very good for, um, you know, any type of ache. But it is not to be ingested. But it is not to be ingested. Right. It's yeah. an essential oil that um, that you would use either with a carrier oil. You always that's the other thing with essential oils. You most of them, with very few exceptions, need to have a, a carrier oil, which mm-hmm. can be any like coconut or olive or almond or jojoba or whatever mm-hmm. you want to use. There, the the only. Uh, essential oil that I've ever used without a carrier is lavender because it's extremely gentle. But there are still people who need my to brother, use a for example. Yeah, he's sensitive to lavender. He's sensitive to lavender. To lavender. Yep. So always, if you're going to use an essential oil, you want to spot test it to make sure that it's not something you're going to be sensitive to. Mm-hmm. Be aware that all citrus oils. Well, or hot oil. Yes. yes. Well, well, they no, will increase photosensitivity. They, that's no, what I was going to say. Yeah. They, they'll increase photosensitivity. And then you've got some oils like peppermint that yeah. will, it's a cooling oil, but it's hot. It's called it, a hot oil because it has a, a reaction with the skin. Yeah. Right. And, and so it'll cause a sensation of heating. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon, same thing. Right? Cinnamon yep. is yep. the same thing. Yep. Exactly. But like, um, you know, you can consume cinnamon, uh, in a powder. 
You can consume uh, cinnamon in a tea. You can also use cinnamon as the essential oil. You can consume cinnamon in whiskey, says Rana. Yep, you can. This is very true. Yes, there are several cinnamon alcohols that are very nice. <laughs> exactly. So you can use cinnamon um, as part of a normal diet. Believe it or not, you can use cinnamon essential oil in a cream for premature ejaculation. <laughs> that seems a little... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's counterintuitive. Painful? An approach. You can use cinnamon powder in um, in supplemental pills or in a tea. You can have cinnamon tea. Yep. It's actually really good um, for heart issues, and it's also good for blood sugar issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of different but things. But don't try to eat a spoonful of cinnamon. Yes. No, you will hurt However, yourself. Yeah, well, you will and that's hurt what yourself. I was going to say is that um, coumarin is an ingredient in casea cinnamon, and some cinnamon products may cause liver problems. And uh, so you do have to be careful not to over take too much cinnamon. Right. You would want to use cinnamon under a doctor's uh, supervision as far as especially ingesting right. it. Right. But you can use cinnamon oil for a variety of things. Or you can just put it in your hot cocoa or whatever. Yeah. You can sprinkle it on your, your hot cocoa. On your you, various desserts. On your various desserts. And you still get the benefits of cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Ann's internet went out. And so all she got was premature <laughs> ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyway, you had some information on wildcrafting, I thought. Yeah, so some things to know, and we've talked about this a little bit, but like do your flipping research Always. on things. We're, we're, we're um, an explicit podcast. You can say do your fucking research. Yeah, do your fucking research. <laughs> do your fucking research, um, friends. You know, learn about your local herbs, though. You know, where they're easy to find, mm-hmm. where they're easy, where they grow easier. And um, this will also help you with identifying things, because if you if you find something and you're like, is this my thing? But right. it doesn't grow in your area? Oh, yes, it's I'm probably gonna, not. I'm going to throw this in there, because Mermadith said, put hashtag, we're not doctors. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. We're not doctors. Or any, experts. Or experts. Anything that we say is not to be used as or Yeah, as medical advice. Medical advice. Look to local farmers and gardeners and don't be afraid to ask them questions. They. Mm -hmm. Trust me, if you want to talk to a local farmer or gardener about shit, they, they will be will, happy to info dump happy for you. They will talk to you, and you'll probably have a hard time extricating yourself from, from that, that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Keep a notebook about mm-hmm. all your yep. local stuff. So, like we've talked about uh, many times, journal it. Yep. Put it in a three-ring binder. Do whatever you have to do. Get a book for your um, area yeah. of the country and what. Yep. Yeah. And Get a field guide. When you're cutting plants, only cut small portions. So mm-hmm. if you need a bunch of something... Go to multiple plants. Yeah. Because what you don't want to do is be the asshole who kills the plant. Exactly. So. And check that it hasn't been cut by someone else right. first. You never want to cut a plant back more than one third of its growth. And obviously, as witches, we want to go, and pagans, we want right. to go forward with, uh, with respect. respect. Right. And ask the plant if it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I would say the biggest thing is don't be a nature pirate. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the things that you can do if you're going to do a lot of wild harvesting and that kind of stuff is create yourself a backpack mm-hmm. that has some, like, essential things that you need. So a pair of uh, gar- uh, kitchen scissors, mm-hmm. uh, a sharp knife. Baggies. Yarn to tie the... Yeah, to tie the stems. To tie things. the stems together. Uh, Ziploc bags for seeds and bones and whatever else. Right, you might whatever find. other stuff you find. Yeah. Um. So usually, like, um, the sliced sandwich bread bag things are mm-hmm. good. So like, uh, you know, the little ties mm-hmm. that go around. Yeah, yeah, bags. yeah. You can buy those individually. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yep, and you can use those to tie things up too if you neat, can't find neat. yarn that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, and those, take a, those take a sharpie so you can mark down what it is you've picked. <laughs> yes. Yep. 
Yeah, those little twist ties also are much easier to tie things together with than yarn is necessarily. Right. And then nature spirits, because Odin and I are completely right. convinced that everything has a spirit. <laughs> Same. So remember to leave some kind of an offering mm-hmm. to the plant. You uh, should, be that be that bird seed, fruit, uh, fertilizer. Fertilizer stuff is good. Fertilizer. Um, yep. We have a so blood who, meal, that kind of a thing. We have a friend who is a druid who takes a bottle of water yep. and offers water. Yep. Yep. Don't leave bottles, plates, candle wax. Yeah. Don't leave any offerings that may be poisonous to local fauna, like mm-hmm. chocolate. Yep. That kind of stuff. You want to be careful about all that. So be, be as eco-friendly as possible. The other thing besides wildcrafting, and I find this fucking amazing, mm-hmm. and everybody in the world should do it, yeah. is gorilla gardening. Yes, gorilla gardening gorilla is cool. Gardening. I wrote about that in my blog. Yes. yes. I wrote a few, like a week or so ago. So it, it, no matter where you live, there's an empty space somewhere. There, somewhere there is... Public land that is not being utilized. Mm-hmm. Even if you live in a city, they've torn down a building and raised it, and they're not doing anything with it or right there's, now. Or there's a median right. or something. Or something. So get your crap together, take your seeds, and, you know, like, just at home, if you eat, like, watermelon or pumpkin or papaya... Apples. Or peppers or apples or whatever has a seed, mm-hmm. collect those, save them, make a mix of all of them, mm-hmm. and then just, just spread them around. Just fling them into the earth and just <laughs> see what takes root. Obviously. That said, make sure they're not invasive species yes. <laughs> and that they're native to your area. Yes. I was just going to say, because papaya is more likely to grow in a southern yes. <laughs> right. atmosphere than, you And know, apples it, would right. not grow down there and grow exactly. up here. So. Well, and apples are notoriously difficult to cultivate yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, get out there and gorilla garden and then fucking take pictures and send them to us. Yeah. Because <laughs> we want to see all of your and gorilla also, gardening. And also, if you decide to grow herbs or, mm-hmm. or, uh, have a, You can get wildflower mixes too, things exactly. like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But if you decide to have a garden of your own, share the abundance with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's community garden. Community garden, if you can, anytime. In these times of ice and isolation. Well, in factory farming <laughs> and things like that. It is, it is important for us to come together as communities and care about each other and feed each other and. Exactly. Play Cotton Eye Joe extremely loudly so that when ice shows up in your neighborhood, all your neighbors know that Cotton Eye Joe is the signal that ice is there and they should maybe leave. Um. <laughs> Spreading that shit as far as humanly possible. <laughs> if Cotton Eye Joe does not become the signal for the existence of ice in an area, I will be furious. Okay. I I do want to spend a few minutes talking about plant allies and learning how to grow plants. Yes. Because um, we have a a couple of people, or at least one person, I think, in uh, the Discord who was saying, I can't plant anything. (laughs) Some of us have black thumbs, and that's just how it is. Well, what I learned, um, and I learned this uh, because my mother was a huge gardener, my grandparents, you know, I was never very good at it. I, I was just terrible at, mm-hmm. at raising plants. I struggled. It wasn't until um, I became a green witch and really focused on getting to know the individual plants that I began to have success. And so if you have a difficult time growing any kind of green matter, <laughs> any kind of plant, start with something small. Don't try to do this hit big, huge garden. You know, Grow one plant. Grow one Grow plant. Grow one hardy plant. Exactly. Grow something. And you can start it. I started my uh, learning how to grow plants with a container garden. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned. And I think the first thing you started really growing was the African violet. 
It was. Yeah. It was. Which is a very resilient plant. It's a very resilient plant. So um, things that you can start with, like I had my two of the first things that I had were the African violet and the um, the aloe plant. Yes. And these are both plants that only require watering once a week. Mm-hmm. And I had them on my altar. And I got to know these little spirits of these plants. And I spent time really observing the kind of, you know, how they grew, mm-hmm. um, you know, what they responded to. Um, I meditated over them. Mm-hmm. I, I shared energy with them. Um, chit-chat with them. Chit-chat with them. Learned about how they grow. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on from that to herbs. And I started with something simple. I started with rosemary. Rosemary is a very hardy plant. Yes. And it's a wonderful plant to try uh, to grow because, again, it's another one of those herbs that if you're indoors. Yeah, you, you can grow rosemary you can, really easily. You can grow rosemary very easily. It really only requires being watered once a week. You also, go- pro tip. If you think you don't like rosemary, the herb in your food, it's because you've only ever had dried rosemary, which is spiky and terrible. Oh. Fresh rosemary is the bomb. It is so much better. It's than not going to stab you in the mouth like dried rosemary is, and mm-hmm. it tastes great. Yep. So I, I, and rosemary is also it's a protective plant. Moving into magical herbalism, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a protective plant. It's a wonderful ally. Um, and speaking medicinally, or or going back to our right. previous. Um, it's wonderful for memory. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. So like, and that you can use that, uh, the essential oil of rosemary for, uh, inhaling for to, before you take a test, because huh. it helps with your memory. But you can also just take a sprig, like you're, like, I do this all the time when I need to kind of wake myself up. Wait a second, you do this all the time? <laughs> with the rosemary? rosemary. <laughs> Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. No, um, but anyway, what you can do with your rosemary plant is just very gently move your hand up the, you know, up the leaves. Right. And the, it releases the the scent, right. the essential oil. It releases the scent, and you breathe that in, and it really does help enliven right. you, perk you up, perk you up, and it helps it helps with memory. Um, and that's one of its one of its jobs medicinally mm-hmm. too. It helps with brain activity. So, and rosemary has there's so much you can do with rosemary. So, but it's an easy plant to start with, and then if you get brave, you take rosemary outside and you plant it. In, in the a earth. garden, in the earth, and you water it. I water my rosemary outside probably every day, mm-hmm. especially. And then because, it also gets rain because rosemary does like sun. Yeah, the rosemary likes to be in the sun. But the great thing is, if you have a window that has at least six to eight hours, you can grow it inside or you can grow it outside. It mm-hmm. just needs at least six to eight hours of sunshine. Yeah, but rosemary also has a very while it's a very protective plant. It also is somehow very gentle. You know, it, it's a it's a really interesting spirit that this that mm-hmm. this has. So, so so talk more generally. You've gotten off on yeah, a tangent sorry. about rosemary. Sorry. Talk more generally about about sort of accessing plant spirits. Because okay. well, I actually like I can tell that there are spirits in plants, mm-hmm. but I don't connect with them the way I do with stones. Okay. Well, for me, it really did come down to uh, spending time with mm-hmm. them and uh, like my my plants out in the in my yard when you are digging up the earth mm-hmm. to to insert the the seeds or to insert the plant the seedling the seedling you put your energy into that plant as as you're planting it and then you open yourself to receive that energy from the plant mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's an esoteric kind of thing. I don't really it know seems, how to explain it. Does it does seem, though, there, like there's a caretaking component there to it. There is a caretaking component to it. I, I feel like these plants are, are not just my allies. They're my babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mother my plants. She's a plant mom. I'm a plant mom. So, um, and they're, they're connected to a larger spirit. Uh, spirit. An ur spirit. And, yeah, exactly. There's the spirit of your rosemary, and then there's the spirit of rosemary. Rosemary, yeah. exactly. And so I do that for each individual plant, regardless of what it is, whether it's an herb, uh, a um, pepper, right. a um, a flower. Any kind of plant. Any right. kind of plant. I take the time to get to know what it needs. Right. So I have plants out in my in my yard that require a lot of water and I require and I have plants that don't. And how I learn that is through observation. Right. It comes back down to observation and care and paying attention to the plant's needs. Right. You know, and so if if you have a plant in a pot in your house mm-hmm. and you you notice it's not doing well in the sun, move it to a shady spot. Right. If you have um, I found this out the hard way. With succulents, they require a very sunny spot. And if you don't give them a sunny spot, they're going to try to grow to it. Or like we learned with uh, the lucky bamboo. Mm-hmm. You you have to give a lucky bamboo Filtered distilled water. water. Yep. Yes, it has to be filtered. You and cannot that- give them tap water. They will die. Exactly. But a lucky bamboo is happy in the shade. Yeah, it, it can do just fine with, uh, with with artificial light. Yeah, with fluorescent lights. Exactly. Pay attention to what works for your plant. Like, I have an aloe plant in my kitchen window. It flourishes. Oh, it does great. It loves being in that window. I've had it in other parts of the house in the past, mm-hmm. and it didn't do well. Right. It, it was. Like I it. mean, it did okay. It lived. It survived. It survived. But it does so much better in the kitchen window. Exactly. Ben says his aloe plant hates the house, and he moved it outside, and it's flourished. Exactly. Yeah. So get to know. Yeah, sometimes there's individual variation. Yep. Yeah, you have individual, because they're individual spirits. Yeah. And so while you have your, you know, you consult your book. Sort of like with cats, right? Mm-hmm. All cats have sort of the same general trait, but then each individual cat is has its specific. Own <laughs> so it's the same thing with plants. You have your books, like the Master Book of Herbalism by uh, Paul Burl. He will tell you uh, about all kinds of of species of plants mm-hmm. in this book. He'll tell you its genus and he'll tell you how how to grow it and what it's used for, both medicinally and magically. But um, what you get from his book is just the general information. You have to learn about the individual plant that you're mm-hmm. working with by working with it. Yeah, right. That's that's where the relationship comes. And um, and it's trial and error. Um, if you've never worked with plants before, there will be some that don't survive. Mm-hmm. You'll lose some. <laughs> You'll lose some. But you just keep trying with something else. And I think this is um maybe not a surprising correlation between sort of that medical ethos. Mm-hmm. for herbalism and the magical ethos for herbalism mm-hmm. is it's not as much about systems as it is about individuals. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's true not only in terms of the individual humans you're trying to treat with herbal mm-hmm. remedies, but it's true about the individual plants mm-hmm. perceiving them as and treating them as individual units. Exactly. I mean, your basics that a plant is going to need to survive. Right. Water, dirt, and sun. Right. And certain nutrients. And certain nutrients. In the dirt. In the dirt. 
But from there, besides those basics, you have to get to know first the genus that it's from and then the individual plant description Mm -hmm. and then your own plant to see how it's. And you might have to try different things. You might have to transplant a plant Mm -hmm. from one place to another or bring it inside because it'll flourish better or take it back or take it out. Or maybe it needs or maybe it needs a a different, more specific kind of fertilizer or or, plant food or a different type of watering system. Mm -hmm. You might need to water it more often or less often. Or with a different kind of water. It's all about experience as you go. Mermidith said, relying on stereotypes for humans is bad. It's the same for plants. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, I also want to say, um, as far as whether it's medical herbalism or magical herbalism, Mm -hmm. you don't have to grow a plant to use herbalism. Right. You you don't have to grow a live plant to do this. No, you do not. You can... Thank the gods for people like me. Exactly. You can work magically with with the overall spirit of, let's uh, go back to rosemary. You can work with the overall spirit of rosemary through dried rosemary that mm-hmm. you purchased at a store. Yes, as Mermidith says, if you can't grow your own, store-bought is fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you do not have to grow your own herbs or plants or flowers mm-hmm. in order to access the spirit ally that is available I don't go in out, those plants. I don't go out and individually, personally mine the stones I work with. Exactly. Exactly. So, And so you don't have to. If you are drawn to working with plants like in it as i am i mm-hmm. love working with plants i get energy from from working with my herbs and working in my garden mm-hmm. i absolutely do but that's not everyone and if you just absolutely do not have a green thumb mm-hmm. that is perfectly okay it doesn't make you a bad person or it a bad witch make you a bad witch you can still access the spirit of the plant mm-hmm. and what you can do like say you want to create a spell and you want to do a spell bag and you want to use like three different herbs mm-hmm. right and and let's say you want to use chamomile, rose, and lavender, right? Okay. And so as you are creating your, your mix, right, you have your three dried herbs. Right. What you would want to do is you would take, say, the rose. Right. A handful of rose A handful petal. of rose and concentrate on it. And in my experience, what I would do is then ask the spirit of rose right. to ally and work with you in that spell. Because even if all those rose petals come from different individual it's rose still plants, an overall spirit. still all connected to the spirit of rose. Exactly. So you you ask rose to assist you, mm-hmm. and then you do the same thing with chamomile. You do the same thing with lavender, and then you ask them all to work together to empower your spell. You know, it's it's just just like when you're asking a plant if you can harvest it. You mm-hmm. know, you do the same. You can do the same with a dried herb and wake it up, if mm-hmm. you will, wake up its over spirit. Right. If you will. Draw attention. Draw attention to its over spirit and say, please work with me. I need assistance. Yep. And you will. It will. And most of the time. Most of the time. You you may get the occasional get no the thanks. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like I have when I've been wildcrafting, occasionally you get a no, please don't pick me. Yeah. And I need, re- I need and, all these flowers. I need all these leaves. you have to respect that. You know, yep. you have to respect that. So, yeah. So Consent culture. Exactly. Also relevant, not just for humans. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. So among the many products of plants mm-hmm. are essential oils, such as our tiger Amanda can introduce you through the salts of Wonderful Body Co. These salts and scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses with fragrances and sparkling mica. You can also find a small selection of Rollerball fragrances. With a couple of dozen options available, you'll be sure to find something you like at Wonderful Body Co.'s collection this week. 
Try the complex dune-inspired Regent salts, a blend of myrrh, orange, ginger, cinnamon, clove, bourbon, vanilla, and whiskey. For Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash wonderfulbodyco. Amanda has also offered the pride a discount. You can get 30% off if you use this code, the number three, P-A-A-C-A-T-3-0. That's the number three, P-A-A-C-A-T-3-0 for 30% off at Wonderful Body Co. Which is a really good discount, you guys. Because her prices are already... Yeah, they're already very reasonable. Very reasonable prices. You could get a ton of shit. You could. You really could. And And, uh, and I recommend it. So we highly recommend going to Wonderful Body Co., getting some of these products, and taking advantage of that discount because it's incredibly generous. Yes. Okay, so I think I've shared pretty much everything that I have on um, both magical Mm -hmm. and... um, Yeah, I think we've finally covered the topic in in enough detail to justify. Yes. Does anybody in the the Discord have a specific question, either medical or magical, that we can attempt? It's such a large topic. Yeah. It's hard to know what to pick. Yeah. Like, we haven't haven't gone into, like, how to make tinctures or things like that. Those are the kinds of things you're going to be better off learning researching researching for yourself and learning the the processes i do recommend if you're interested in medical uh or any kind of actually if you're interested in herbalism mm-hmm. go to the herbalacademy.com yeah which is where i'm getting my uh training in herbalism yeah. what would constitute a plant giving you permission well for me it is um it's a, a I guess a, a feeling. feeling of yes. Yeah. It, it is a it is a sensation a feeling a a um just a positive vibe if you will that it is okay to proceed and the opposite is a negative yeah, vibe and it's yeah very, when I, I very rarely get a negative but when i do it's usually very it's, really it's a strong it's rejection very, it's a yeah. strong rejection feeling yeah so really you have to be open you don't want to just say can i can i harvest you and then immediately start and then cutting immediately things, start yeah. cutting you 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 know ask with uh in, reverence with reverence yeah. and, and and wait for the answer i don't know if this has happened with you with plants but it's happened for me before with stones where I don't get a response at all. Mm-hmm. And I, because I'm not getting a response, I interpret that as a negative response. Yes. Mm-hmm. I take that as a no. So that's it for this episode of Three Pack. If you want to know more information about us, you can go to the number three pagans and a cat.com. All the shit you need to know is on it's there. It's all linked there. Move around a bunch of things and you'll find it. If yep. you go into the individual episodes, you're, you'll be able to find the links. Links to, to various stuff. To various yep. social media. Discord, don't forget. Yeah. Don't forget to go to YouTube and search three pagans and a cat cat in the search bar to find us. And don't forget that if you want to be involved in the intrigue, which we talked about at the beginning Beginning of of this episode, episode, Mm -hmm. uh, you need to go to our Discord, join the Discord, join the Discord server, Three Pigs and a Cat, uh, and then contact Karin DMs so that he can make sure you're up for what we're going to be doing there, and then you'll get access to that channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also remember that we are blogging at Patheos. Patheos, com forward slash blogs forward slash three, three pagans and a cat. cat. Or go to Google and, three pa- yeah, and type it in. Three pagans and a cat, Patheos. Yeah, yeah. that'll get it to you. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank We're you. I hope, I hope that was helpful and it will inspire you to go look for the books that you need to do this topic. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.